Soldier Field, 24-17. Bears trying to get their 10th win. Here's the boot up in the air. Going up for it. Allen Robinson, he's got it! I want to see the Bears give him an opportunity to prove that he can do this. He's got the ball at the 43-yard line. When all the signs in the world were there. I think that'll be a fade to black moment with Allen Robinson taking it out of the air. That's what you're really hoping for that they really contribute to the team each year, and that you build a great base and foundation. And these loyal fans have been rewarded for their loyalty. It was, it was, it was awesome. It's, we picked up right where we left off. It was fantastic. And they have a Bears team to be proud of right now. Takes the snap, takes a knee, they head to the field. The Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 34 to Glory. I'm your host, Tyler Flesh, with my co-host and father, Brian Flesh. Hey there! Today, we have a twofer, like we promised. Um, we're really excited to do this podcast. So, without further ado, I'm going to bring in Miguel Pentantel. I butchered it. Shit. I am so sorry, Miguel. I, I The music got me. I had it before. I'm just going to let you introduce yourself because I already forgot your position, too. I knew it was sales executive. I, uh, no, I, I, it, it's, it's totally fine. I, I get it. We did go over it prior, but no, no, I totally get it. Um, so um, my name is Miguel Pimentel. Uh, I'm a senior premium sales representative for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm really excited to, to talk some football with you guys. <laughs> ah, we're well, excited. We're excited to have you. Well, thanks for joining us. I thought first we could get into kind of uh, your job, what you do for the Browns, and then we could just act like a couple guys and uh, talk a little football. So with that being said, what do you do for the Cleveland Browns? That's a good question, man. So um, uh, essentially I'm like a full menu sales consultant for the Browns. So basically I could sell everything from a ticket um, to a suite, to hospitality options, and just a bunch, anything that allows you to attend the game, I can sell that to you, um, pretty much. And I've been doing a similar position there for, for this will be my eighth season with the team. Um, so literally I'm just a sales rep for, for the Browns and, uh, I sell tickets and suites. That's awesome, dude. That's really cool. Now you did go, I, you did go to school for this, right? This um, I did. So I went to Indiana University, um, and I, I studied sport communication there. Um, while I was there, I did a bunch of different experiences. I worked for the football team while I was there for four years. I knew that I wanted to work in football in some capacity. I didn't know where, where necessarily that was. Um, but I ended up being on the business side and, and being for the Browns, and it's, it's been pretty awesome. That is cool, man. That is really cool. Now, I I did, I kind of led the witness there. I did know where you went to school, and I did know something about you, because actually, uh, fun fact for the listeners, uh, we did go to the same high school. I was a couple grades ahead of you, and you were a couple behind me, but I know you're not going to say this, so I'll say this for you, that I, I heard stories when you were in college that everyone there said that you busted your ass every day to get to where you were. And I thought it was such a cool story because everyone that I talked to said that, listen, like people would party. Miguel, no, I got to study. I got to get this done. 
And you said ever since, you know, high school that like your your dream was to actually work in the NFL. So, man, congratulations to you because you got there. I really appreciate it, man. I really do. It, um, I, I, I definitely wanted to do this for a long time and very fortunate that I saw a path to get there and, and I was able to use my resources and the people and, and essentially just work to, to get it. And it's, uh, I know how fortunate I am to be in the position. So I, I certainly don't intend on leaving anytime soon. And, and I want to keep working to, to be here because this is, this is awesome. That's great. Miguel, I want to talk with you a little bit about, um, by the way, I'm also an IU graduate. So, uh, have a little something in common there also. Um, go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you say a little bit about how you actually ended up landing a job? Because it's one thing to have a path uh, and a dream and a vision of where to go. But um, what 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 was it? What had happened in terms of? Could give us a little bit of the background in terms of how you actually got it got with the Browns. Yeah, sure. So um, when I was in college, I knew in some capacity I was going to work in sports. Ultimately, I wanted to work in football. I didn't know which route that was going to be. So I took advantage of my resources in college. I, I worked for the football team there. I made some really good contacts and relationships with coaches and administrative people within the athletic department. I was constantly just trying to meet more people. Inevitably, I knew that I needed as many people on my team as possible. So when I got to the point where I'm applying for jobs or uh, trying to find employment, it's a it's a warm intro, you know. I'm, I've, I've got all these people on my team already. So, uh, doing some different things in college, I had a, a semi good resume going into the professional world and, and after graduating. And I got really fortunate that if you're trying to work in sports, there's only really one place where you can do that. Or at least when I started, you, you apply via like this website called Teamwork Online. And it's like every professional sports team and really ever has, that's, that's how they get their, their people for the, for the majority. I literally just applied for a job with every team that I could possibly think of. I knew I wanted to do something in sports. I had a plethora of experience. I'm just going to throw out as many leads as I can and hopefully somebody bit. I had a few teams bite. The Browns was one of them. Um, the guy who hired me, this is good or bad, told me he only looked at my resume because I was from Indiana and he was from South Bend. So <laughs> That's awesome. I think he, he might have been joking, and I hope that he was, but he called me. I said, yes, I'll absolutely come for an interview. Um, I, I had it lined up before I graduated in December, which was awesome. Jeez. Um, but it was it, it went very quickly. I went there. We liked each other. He offered me the next day. That was 2013, 14-ish. I started there in February of, of 2014. So a little bit of luck, a lot of experience, I guess, got me to, to that starting point at least. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of luck. If you hear any story like that, it usually starts somewhere like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's not all luck, honestly. Like, he, he had this thing set up before December. That's that's awesome, dude. It, uh, again, very fortunate, and it's, it's a it's a, a great place to be, and uh, I, I want to continue to be here. So I'll do whatever it takes to do that. So, 
a little more. I, I, I'm going to ask a little more questions. If if you don't feel comfortable answering them, you can just be like, I next, you know, however you want to answer it. When when so you're a salesperson. So do people contact you? Are you cold calling people, or how how do you go about selling Cleveland Brown stuff? And what was it hard in the beginning? Um, I'll answer the first thing. The last thing first. Yes, extremely difficult um, for a, 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 perennial, a perennially team to the work. We've been a bad team for a long time, right? That, that's what I'm trying to say. So, yes, very difficult over some years. Um, it, it. What was the first part of your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. And then, like, like how do how do you go about like selling? Like, is it? Um... Like cold calls? Do you, do people call you? How, how do you go about that? Uh, great question. So I've been there for this is my eighth season. Over the years, I have cold calls, warm calls, meetings, everything you can imagine from a communication standpoint with thousands of people in the Cleveland market. Um, and it is it's a combination of everything. You're cold calling companies to try to sell them sweets. Hopefully you're not necessarily, you know, quote unquote, cold calling people. You're, you've got a warm lead or it's a referral. It's a client that you already have. Um, for basically all the years that I've been here, I've just been building this book of business. And, you know, you start to target certain types of people and individuals, organizations, whatever the case may be, so that you can start to sell some of those higher end things. We are and, and have pretty much been sold out of tickets for a, a couple of years now. Um, so, I haven't really had the chance to sell a lot of tickets, but the beginning of my career, the first, let's call it three, three to five years, we're selling a ton of tickets and occasionally some sweets, some hospitality, which are kind of one of the same. Yeah. And I imagine those, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Please go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I imagine the uh, AFC championship appearance didn't uh, hurt things either for this year there's a ton of things like there are so many like you ride these momentum waves when i first got there i actually did start in a, on a with a hot start we had johnny manzel so you know anybody my age maybe up to 30 was all about it they are they will buy tickets for me no questions asked people were extremely excited for johnny manzel and when he finally got to play we got, it was exciting. Like it was something the fan base could get around. It was a small sample size, but this long throw he had in the Tennessee game when he first started playing, I was like, dude, this is it. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid every single morning when I wake up. Like <laughs> we're in, I don't have a choice, but I'm, I'm definitely in. There's a, there's a point, I want to say it's 2014. We're at seven and five, right? Where I'm, me looking at it from the outside in, for my whole life, I'm like, dude, the Cleveland Browns are at seven wins right now, and it's not the end of the season. This is unbelievable. Like, we're about to go to the playoffs. So I think we're seven and five or seven and four. And everybody that I'm calling to sell tickets to, suites, whatever the case is, they're like, dude, I'm not buying. I'm not buying shit from me. I'm like, why? And they're like, dude, we're, it's not going to work. Like, we're going, we're going we're gonna to mess this up. And I'm sitting here like, dude, I'm not from here. You guys are at seven wins right now. You're going to go to the playoffs. Don't talk to me like that. Like, you need to buy this stuff. <laughs> and, and, and it happened. We lost the rest of the games from that point. <laughs> 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 you, like, ride these momentum waves, and you, like, 
it's it's a lot of fun to film that sort of thing, but it comes back to reality quite a bit too. Wow. Miguel, you know, every job has its challenges. Uh, this is a two-part question. Uh, tell me, what are some of the biggest challenges you have in your job, and and what's also the most rewarding? Um, rewarding is I work in sales, so I have a goal. And, you know, when you hit that goal or when you, you're on pace to do that, that, that's rewarding because ultimately, you know, you're selling, you're, you're getting a paycheck. Um, the There's a lot of challenges in the years. They just change year to year. Um, you know, common objections are like price, you know, like mm-hmm. what I'm selling you, you don't need at all. You don't really need it. I want you to, I want you to need it. You might want it. A lot of people want to buy a suite. Um, but sometimes it just comes down to like, I'm, you know, regular people won't spend that sort of money to do these sort of activities. Um, the challenge of selling historically been pretty bad. And, you know, these, the people in Northeast Ohio are, are super, super loyal. They're incredible people. They're ride or die fans. I believe some of the best fans in the world, but they're gluttons for punishment. Like these people have never seen wins. Really people my age, I'm 30, haven't really seen the Cleveland Browns win. And it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, it gave me inventory to sell over the years because we needed to sell it. And I got to sell to the most loyal fan base ever. They're, they're all awesome, but they've, they've just never seen a good team. So that, that was a challenge for a while. And it's a challenge now because even though things seem like it's in a much better position and it is their expectations, they're almost conditioned to, to not great football. They got to get used to this stuff. <laughs> well, you've come on the right podcast, buddy, because let me tell you, we're Bears fans, so you don't have to talk about not seeing your team in the playoffs <laughs> and being years and being in your 30s because I'm right there with you. I Thank hear you. all the time about 85. I was a senior in 06 when we got destroyed by the Colts. So, you know, like I feel like the, like what everything you're saying, if you just replace Browns with Bears, it's almost the same thing right now. Yeah, like uh, Tyler, I, I believe you're – you know, you, you're a young man, but uh, I believe we've had, what, 42 different quarterbacks in your lifetime? You've not lived 42 years yet. I just want to erase the the announcers always saying Sid Luckman. That's all I want to get rid of. <laughs> but, Miguel, I want to talk. I have very interesting questions about perks. Do you have, first off, I'll, I'll just keep it simple. Are there any perks to the job? I feel like there has to be some perks. Um, I think it starts with any any organization, especially in the professional sports world, like starts with ownership and, and Jimmy and D Haslam are, are by far they're all I know. So th- I will say that. That they're the only ownership that I know. Um, but I I have an idea of what other teams are like and some of the things they provide for their employees. Our ownership is second to none. It's awesome. They they do a lot for their employees, they do a lot for their people, they treat us well. Um the biggest thing for me, you know, being a fat dude, is every day for the past, uh, what's called seven and a half years, the Browns have provided me, when I'm in the office, breakfast and lunch every single day. So, wow. the mm. up and, 
let's let's call it pre-pandemic because things have changed significantly. I still get lunch every day, which is incredible. I mean, I save literally thousands of dollars. That is the one of the biggest things. But for six out of those, you know, seven and a half, it's been breakfast and lunch every day. That is the biggest perk that I could say for sure. It's the same food the players eat, the coaches eat it. It's in the same cafeteria. That's a, a, a twofer from a benefit standpoint because when we worked in Berea, where the headquarters are, uh, it was access to the players, access to the coach. You get to see that. And as somebody who, who always wanted to work in football, that was like, okay, whatever I got to do to stay here, that's, that's what we're going to do. That's cool. So you're in the same cafeteria as the players and coaches, correct? That is correct. So my, so, so here's where I'm going to geek out, right? How hard is it for you to like because it's your job right like i i'm coming through as the fanboy in this how hard is it not to geek out over a player or talk to a player or talk to a coach what's what's the protocol is it just be quiet sit down enjoy your food and then get the hell out you're you're definitely not encouraged to talk to him right like you're you're you can absolutely still be a fan and the first time that i ever saw joe thomas was within the first seven days of me being in the office. And that was the, it, it made me realize like, okay, I'm in a really cool place. I could instantly mess this up if I said a dumb thing. Like, what can you say right now to mess this up? Just don't say anything, right? So at that point, it's a much different version of myself than it now, but still, you're a professional, right? Like, you just have to go about it. You're not encouraged to speak to them. But if they say what's up, like you're going to say what's up. Like you're, if, if they initiate a conversation, you're definitely going to talk to them. And there's, there's not as many cases where I would speak to a player, but the coaches were on the same level as us. So we, you know, if they wanted to come by and say what's up or everything is very open, if they wanted to see a certain department, see how things work, like they could do that. And we're certainly going to be like, Hey, what's up? That's, that's, it's definitely cool, but it's all professional. Yeah, see, I'd get fired very quickly, Miguel. I would, <laughs> I would mess it up because I've listened to podcasts with Joe Thomas and stuff, and I've followed his career for a long time. And I, I just, he seems like such a cool dude. I personally don't know him, but you know, when you listen to these podcasts and stuff, yeah. you feel like you know that guy and everything like that. Yeah, but Tyler, Tyler, you'd be over there like, hey, let's go out for beers. But yeah, exactly. See, I'd get fired immediately. Yeah, I would yeah, not last yeah. twenty four hours in that kind of department. Miguel, when it comes to games, are you at every game? Do you have access to every game? How does that work? So I work every single game. Um, and the goal basically is to have clients there to see, right? So I'm, I'd am i like to have a suite or two or three or four sold to every single game so where I can go to them and I'm basically just making sure everything is cool. Like they ordered certain food. I don't necessarily have to check on that, but I want to make sure that there's food in there and, and I want to make sure there's sweets clean. Like I'm kind of like a customer service person, but I'm literally just walking around in a suit, shaking their hands, seeing if they're cool. And ultimately I want them to do it again, you know, next year. So I want them to have a really good experience. Um, I manage a bunch of accounts too. So there's a bunch of season tickets when I was selling those regularly uh, all those accounts are mine. So I've got some relationships with some people. So, I mean, I kind of just go around to people's seats and shake their hands and ask them how they're doing. It's it's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't know. That, that I think that takes some real finesse to do some of that. Miguel, um, you know, as a Bears fan, I really appreciate the struggle that the Cleveland fans have been through. They're, they're, they're great fans. There's, there's no doubt about it. Misery what, loves company. Yeah, misery does love company. <laughs> what, what would it mean to you personally um, to, to go to the Super Bowl and, and win a Super Bowl? Oh boy, um, it would be really cool for uh, a myriad of reasons. Like the fan base, I, I sometimes tell people that Cleveland's located on the lake, so I think that the city of Cleveland would like break off into the lake, and it would just be like Cleveland is fulfilled. There's no more reason that we've done it. Like we've 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 made it. It would be it would be such a cool celebration in Cleveland. It would be just incredible. Um, the city of Cleveland for sure deserves it. For me personally, I just think it would be it would be awesome. It goes back to awesome ownership. I think they might give me a ring. I'd really really like that for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> that would be that, cool. That would shit, be dude. that would be just super cool, wouldn't it? Oh, oh my goodness, definitely. And and I carry in sales, especially with the team. I carry the momentum of wins and success. So. Boy, would it be an incredible year next year uh, if we could pull that off. Yeah, that that's really cool, dude. So away games, what are those like for you? Are you at home watching the games, or how does that work? You know, I like to I, – I literally just sit at home with uh, my girlfriend and the cats, and, and that's like my favorite thing to do is just watch the game at home. Um, sometimes I get together with some people to watch it, but – majority of the time like my game days on home games are super busy and i'm constantly doing stuff i don't get to watch a ton of the games a lot of times so when i can and sit down and watch football and watch us play for away games i do it and i really enjoy that and occasionally i'll go to an away game as well now that's really cool now do they give like is it easy for you to get tickets to an away game or how like what i mean by that is like so like me I got to go on that and and you're in sales. Maybe you can relate to this. This is what I hate about this, right? So every time I, I got to go to a bears game, those tickets sell out. So dang on quick, man, you get on Ticketmaster, you try to get in the queue, you try to line up, they're gone. So you have to end up buying them from like StubHub or a secondary market. And then they charge you like 320 bucks. Then you get the ticket and you see the value on it. And it's like, Oh, your ticket was only $90. So I guess my question to you is, do you get the face value on those or or do you have to go through like what I have to go through? Um, that's a good question. So I think that the majority of the experience that I've had with away games, I've, I have been helped out and I we have contacts directly to teams and it's easy in that sense. That's I awesome. have not purchased a ticket like, like your experience in a long time and I don't want to and I I feel bad for the Browns fans who have to go through that. Like that's just kind of absurd. Um, but that's the position we're in. Yeah, and that's I mean that's just unfortunately that's how it is throughout the NFL because it really stinks. They those <laughs> they got me when Mike Dicker retired against Dallas. I went to that game. It was I got I paid like three hundred and seventy dollars. I get my ticket price it's like ninety. I go, what kind of racket is this? I knew it had nothing to do with the Bears or the team. It's just that secondary market that's been created is just a pain in my ass. I feel you there, man. 
But no, that's good for you, man. That's really cool, dude. I um so do you have any more questions I, about I, his job or I, I do. I do. Like, like I'll Mi- let you finish up yeah, then. Yeah. Miguel, um, you know, all organizations kind of have a hierarchy to them and um sounds like you love what you do, you enjoy what you do. Is is there a dream you have in terms of where you would like to go in the organization? Um, and, uh, you know, do you see yourself moving toward that dream? Um, up to this point, I, I feel pretty comfortable with where I've been and, and the experience that I'm getting and, and the positions that I've been able to get since I've been here. And I see no reason why I cannot, I guess, continue to ascend. Um, I, I ultimately would love to be like a, CRO of a team doesn't necessarily have to be an NFL team, but to be to be in that position, uh, chief revenue officer, a VP of anything for a, a pro sports team would be really cool. Um, ultimately, hopefully one day that's that's the case, and hopefully sooner than later. Well, hopefully you can send your resume to Chicago soon, and we clean house. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's just my personal opinion. Everyone knows that on this podcast. I'm not too fond of who we have in charge right now. A bunch of family friends since 1986 running that place. Did you have any more, Dan? No, no. I, I, I think we're. I think our our bears are a, a great example of. There are wonderful things about family ownership, and and then perhaps there might be some limits of family ownership. Yeah, who'd want to do anything with their family? Anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, let's talk some football now. I know you're a big fan, Miguel. I know growing up, I I know you were a big Tennessee Titans guy. And, and, you know, this this is my last question because this goes into football. How quick did that change happen? Like, when they offered you a job and shook your hand, did you just say, yep, everything about Tennessee's gone? Dude, I'm still a Titans fan, man. I still cheer them on. They're my number. They're my number two team, and I've gotten to see them either in Cleveland or I went to Nashville once five times. So, a, a moment where I was like, "Holy crap, I'm here!" was every time we played them because I was like, "Man, when I was growing up, I would cut my right arm off to work for the Titans, right? Like that would have been instant dream reality." And now, like, I still follow them. I still like to follow another team. I think it's cool to, to do that. And um, they're my second team, but they're not even a close second because the Browns for the rest of my life are going to be my team. And my dad has a, a freaking Browns tattoo on his forearm now. That is um, Really? What is, is it just the helmet? Is it the logo? What is it? It just says Browns across his forearm, forearm in, like, script writing. It's, oh. it's pretty cool. Oh, I love um, it. But he's all in. I'm I'm all in. I've been here long enough. We're I'm all in, Browns. That's great, dude. You know what I love about your answer is most people, they're like, no, you know, once I once I shook, you know, I'm 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 done. That that's not my team anymore. I love how you're like, look, the Browns are number one, but I still love the Titans. I I love that answer, dude. <laughs> it's it's hard and it's conflicting, but never would I have cheered over you know the, the Titans over the Browns in, in any case. So I'm going to sound like a real homer here, Miguel, but I can remember the first time I was on the field, I mean, down on the field um, prior to an NFL game, and I remember it was the Colts and the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, one of the things that just struck me, and I was a grown man at the time, was 
some of these guys almost look like they're from another planet um, in terms of their size. Is do you do you just get used to that, or is that something that you know? A guy like me who just, you know, hardly ever sees NFL players in real life, especially offensive and defensive linemen, just kind of, kind of, you know, I was almost taken aback, like, holy, holy cow, where do they grow these people? Um, you know what, I, I, I got conditioned to the, uh, to be around large dudes whenever I worked at Indiana, because I was there all the time in the facility, in the football offices, and I was just around these big dudes. They're Big Ten linemen. You know, they're 6'4 plus or 300 pounds. So I had seen a lot of large dudes. One dude that stuck out to me when I was at Indiana, his name is Jason Spriggs. He's a, he's a former Bear. Um, yeah, I remember him. He he was, I remember when we recruited him to Indiana, as a high schooler, he's sitting in Kevin Wilson's office. And I'm like, man, we got to get this guy. Whatever it takes, I hope that, these, these coaches convinced Jason Spriggs to come play at Indiana because that dude's going to be a, an all big 10 tackle. And, and he was, and that dude was like six, seven. And I'm like, man, holy crap. It's not fair that he's that big and athletic, but dude, that dude is a, a behemoth. Uh, fast forward to, to the Browns, you see nothing but NFL level, you know, size and, and I'm still astonished. But the, the first time that I ever saw Miles Garrett in person, I was like, man, like talk about just a, a physical specimen at, at, as tall as he is, as, as large as he is. I, I I couldn't believe that people were made like that. It, it was it was just overly impressive. Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that because I was like, I think a few of these people could blot out the sun. Well, and what you're referring to now – I have a different perspective because I was only in sixth grade. We were lucky enough to go down to Indianapolis and play an all-star game there. And uh, it was pretty cool because Peyton Manning and Andrew James came out and said hello. So the the reason I bring this up is because if you're saying that when I looked at these people as a sixth grader, I about poop my pants. Like, I have never seen... I go, Edrin James, that's a running back? Like, I'm looking at that, and I go, Peyton Manning's a court. That's what a quarterback looks like? I mean, it was unbelievable. And, uh, like, they came up to us. They said, hey, guys, you can have the whole field. And they were super nice. And I was just like, I think everyone's jaw hit the floor. I, I look over, yeah. and the parents' jaws are on the floor. Like, I was like, holy cow. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty awesome experience. And, and you know, I, I, I think... No, the the one thing that that I really took away from that that was m the most awesome was that no matter how big you got in the NFL, to come out and 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 be a Peyton Manning and Edron James and say that to a bunch of sixth graders when you didn't have to, wow! What does that say about your character? Yeah. So enough of that, um, Miguel. You brought up something earlier. You brought up Johnny Menzel. And uh, that feeling, and that reminds me of a little something-something that's happening in Cleveland this weekend. That's, we get to see the debut of Justin Fields. How do you think that game is going to go? Also, question, is the stadium going to be split on who to root for? He did go to Ohio State. Um, I, I will say it is going to be it, – it'll be cool, you know, for people to be like, oh, I cheer for the Buckeyes, that's Fields. Like, that's, that will be cool. That will be cool for a lot of our fans, and, and I can appreciate what that will mean to them. But 
no questions asked. They hope that he has the worst game of his, of his <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was um, coming. It was, you, you set it up beautifully with the compliment. The, you gave the compliment up front, and you're like, but. I I have been looking forward to this game because the uh, there's so much like allure to the to the two teams. And I, I believe the Browns have a, an incredible fan base, the best fan base in the NFL. The Bears have such a awesome fan base that's loyal, both in the Midwest, both similar type people, both driving distance. There's going to be Bears fans there. You know, they're in Chicago. They can afford a little bit more for their tickets, so they're going to be here. Um, we did everything we could not to sell seats to, to Bears fans, right? Like, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we, want, we want Browns fans in there. But I'm excited for the game, man. I cannot wait. It's, I mean, we just had a game Sunday, so it feels crazy that we have another one this Sunday. But the, the excitement is there. This was probably one of our most in-demand games, just from what I do, from what I sell. And I think we're going to win. Um, I think we're going to win handedly. And I would never wish misfortune on a player, but I certainly don't want Justin Fields to look good at all. And I don't think that he will. I hope he does it because uh, I, I really think we're going to win handedly. Oh, man. I, I last, Yesterday we, we released a podcast, and I got pissed because I like to gamble. And the line came out, and they said that the Browns were favored by 7.5, and, and I thought you guys would be favored by 3.5. I wasn't too happy about that. Uh, one thing I will say, um, I feel like you guys, and and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, I feel like you guys kind of play down to the level of your opponent, and we're kind of right now mediocre, so I'm hoping that that uh, level goes down. And then I also heard, because I obviously work with Cleveland Browns fans, and I, I have I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard Landry is not gonna play because he's injured this week. I heard they put him on injured reserve. Um, I believe I believe uh, I could be mistaken that that has been made official. Um, I'm fairly certain that's been made official by the team. So yeah, I, I don't believe that Jarvis will be available for the, for this game. Um, just in regards to playing down your competition. I don't really care if we win by one. I want. I just want to win, right? Like ultimately, that's that's what I would want, and that's what I felt for this last game. Like I don't want to get into a, hey, we think that we're better than that team, so we should beat them handedly. I really think just from what I've seen over the years, it's like just get a win in the NFL, and, and it counts all the same, right? Like yeah. final points or whatever, just win and move on to the next one. What Miguel? What's what's really fascinating about the Cleveland Browns from a bear fan looking in from the outside is you guys also really play up to competition, not just, I, oh, hold I mean, on. I didn't say play down. I said play to the level too. Yeah, Cause but, they, they, right. they played Kansas city. I watched That's, that game and they played really, really yeah, well and well, it surprised me. They, they, you guys have a bit of a history of doing that. Even, even sometimes against some really tough, tough competition, whether it's Pittsburgh or the the Ravens, and 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 so you know that that's that says a lot about that team in in terms of its heart, um, and in terms of its competitive spirit. It's it's definitely like I I think what it shows is that every team is a lot closer to each other than than people think, right? Like I don't think there's this massive difference, you know, between 
a, a middling team and there's definitely a difference between a middling team and an elite team, but that middling team is going to stay with them for like a half. And then that, that good team is going to pull away ultimately, but it's, it's like hard to win in the league. And it's, I, if you can get to 11, 12, you know, wins, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. But, and that's, I think what we're hoping for minimal yeah. this year. Now I'll be honest with you. I will be okay. If we intercept Baker Mayfield three times, I'll I'll be okay with that, just like we did with Joe Burrow. Well, I I think again I don't know if it's official, but I think Baker's at like an eighty-one, just under eighty-two percent completion percentage, and he definitely threw a pick this this past game. But the dude's playing really well. I I can't wait to see him tear up the Bears. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's it, it's going to be another probably seventy five percent you know plus completion percentage game for him. I hope. Well, hey, look, I'm going to say something, and, and Miguel, if this gets back to the organization, I'm blaming you full heartedly. <laughs> the Bengals played. Now, I I guarantee you were working, so you didn't get to see any of this. We pretty. I I don't want to say like. I'm like, I don't know, like this genius when it comes to football because I sit on my couch. But I told my dad, and my dad, dad, you agreed. Mm-hmm. If they throw deep on us, our secondary is horrible. And the Bengals would not. They ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. So what I'm hoping is that the Browns do the same, that they come at us with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yes, both are very good. But what I'm hoping for is that we shut them down and you guys kind of get ba- try to get Baker in like check downs and little, you know, 10 yarders because <laughs> let me tell you something right now, Miguel. Uh, <laughs> secret between friends, if you guys throw deep on us, we are absolutely screwed. We are in <laughs> trouble. We our, our corners and safeties uh, don't quite have it together yet. I, here's the difference between us and the Bengals. There's a lot of them, right? I, I think we're a considerably better team. The the other thing is, is they've got Joe Mixon, right? Good running back, I believe that's who it is, right? Um, yeah. The the difference there, by far, from a running game perspective, is our offensive line. I mean, it is just absolutely elite. Um, is as good as the Bears' defense might be. It's it's a different animal stopping the Cleveland Browns' running game versus the the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, you brought up the offensive line, but that's not your, the part of the line that scares me. Your defensive line kind of gives me the willies. It should. It should. I mean, it it, it should have uh, quarterbacks scared every single every single game. Well, um, ultimately, you got is is that what you're referring to, guys like Garrett and, and Clowney? Yeah, then, oh. no, no, yeah, you named them. <laughs> that was it. That was yeah. both of them. Yeah, yeah, we're, as, we're, uh, we're, yeah, we're 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 a little little we're familiar frightened with them. Yeah, like yeah. as in Halloween frightened. And also because you look at our our offensive line has had problems this year. We went out and signed Jason Peters, which has helped. But um, you know, we didn't yeah, look I that think, bad. I think uh, now. Correct me if I'm wrong, McGill, but does does Garrett does he do kind of like what Khalil Mack will do, and he'll bounce around from left to right wherever he feel co- feels comfortable at, or does he normally just stick in one position? I've definitely seen him switch over to the other side. Oh, and that's he's not played good. Inside a little bit, um, but it, it, to me, it's just astounding that a dude like Garrett who gets double teamed probably over half of the snaps, 
can still be in somebody's face constantly all game. And like the amount of freeing up that's going to do for the rest of our D line, like it, it's going to start to pay dividends. People paying attention to Garrett and, and you're not going to be able to stop Colony. You're not going to be able to stop dudes like Malik Jackson. It's, it's, it's a good deal, man. And I think they're gelling at the right time. They they most definitely are. It's it's one of the best Dean lines in football. I mean, it really is. I mean, hands down. If you're if you're a football fan and you, and and you appreciate defense, I mean, there's a you know there's five or six teams that just really have a, a top notch defensive line, and, and Cleveland's right up there in the top five. So no, no doubt about it. Hey, who's I'm sorry, Dad. I'm uh, who who's who plays. Uh, we just talked about him last night, and I forget his name, and I'm looking him up. Who plays the left ta- right tackle? For for us? Yeah. Oh, why am I going blank I'm blanking on, on the name, too. Oh, no. Not, not Adafi? Jermaine Adafi, yeah. That's who. Okay. Listen, if they put Garrett on him, we are in some big, big we, trouble. We are, we are in really big trouble. We were... Miguel Tyler and I on the last podcast were really kind of talking that uh, he has some difficulty kind of getting out of his stance and in a blocking position with good balance. And those are the last things you really want to be doing with <laughs> with the defense like yours, because sure, you know sure. we're gonna. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid they're going to get around him pretty pretty quickly. Well, real quick, I do just want to throw this out there. I think. You know, I think this game's close, Miguel. If, if, and let me tell you, I'm going to be honest. If it was Dalton, I would tell you right now we were going to get absolutely destroyed. I mean, I have no problem saying that about my own team. But I'm holding on to exactly what Cleveland had with Johnny Menzel, that glimmer of hope <laughs> that is the fresh, new, young quarterback that can make his first start and hopefully lead us to victory. So I'm thinking you guys win by three but I'm really pulling for us to win, and I actually I think we can win. I, and, and I appreciate your take, and obviously your fandom is, is uh, really pushing your opinion on what's going to happen in this, this game. It's, I, it's the Fields effect. I like you said earlier. I am drinking the. You said you were drinking the Kool Aid, Miguel. I'm drowning in it. I, I uh, Miguel, <laughs> Miguel, he's got he's got two Kool Aid IVs in him right now. Um, I get it, man. And I would be too. You have to be right. Like, even if that, even if the starting quarterback for the Bears is about to be Tyler Flesh, the <laughs> fan base would be like, you know what? This is the guy. Like, there's something about this <laughs> yeah. dude. Maybe me in high I school really... now. Now they'd be like, who the hell is that? That kid's going to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get behind it no matter who it is. <laughs> if it's the worst of the worst, whoever it is, it is. But I get it. There's some excitement there. I'm excited for you as a fan. Like that's cool. Yeah. You gotta. You have the face of your franchise there. Now he gets to play. Yeah. And I think too. I, I I don't know about all Bears fans, and I know that like this is gonna sound cheesy just because you're on, but it's really not. This is honestly how I feel. We've talked a lot today about similarities between both teams, and you know, you're AFC, we're in NFC, so there's a, there's a lot of times, man, where I'll because I, I have fans at work that are Browns fans. So I'll turn on the game and I'm like, man, they've been bad for so long. You know, I, I like, so I, I find myself rooting them on just because 
you can identify. Like you look at that team and you see similarities to what we're going through. So it's in hell, man. It's always fun to root on an underdog. You know, the Patriots yeah. have been so damn good, and then Tom's so damn good. He's <laughs> got to root on the underdog every now and so, then. So, you guys, since I'm the old guy in the room, I I remember a Cleveland Browns quarterback by the name of Bernie Kosar. And when Bernie was on the field, Browns fans were just going crazy at that point in time. It was unbelievable. And I, I think you're really starting to get some of that old feeling back in terms of, you know, this team can really go a long way. And and I think that's great for Cleveland fans. I think it's wonderful for Cleveland fans. I, I'm hoping that the Bears in a couple of years are, are are kind of moving more in that direction. I think we've got some rebuilding to do. Um, and obviously I want, I want our bears to win on Sunday. There's no doubt about it, but sure. I, I, you know, I, I think, think, think you got two um, good defenses going against each other on Sunday. I think we have a less than average offense at this point in time. We have the unknown variable. We have right the unknown. Now. Yeah, there you go. I like that. The unknown variable. In a math problem, that's really bad, by the way. But sure. I guess I guess you doing? I guess I guess in the uh, I guess in, in in the NFL, the unknown variables. You know, maybe maybe it's a good. <laughs> you thing. are just digging a hole, dude. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out of this. Holy shit, man. Miguel, is there anything else that you would like to talk about that we did not get to or touch on? I don't think so, man. I think you covered everything. It's it's really cool to be on here and, and talk some football, and it's it's great timing, right? Like this game Sunday is going to be a lot of fun, and, and others will even kind of a, a a little bit more to to think about, you know, after this conversation and whatever happens on Sunday. I, I can't wait to, to touch base with you after. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah. Hey, hey, Miguel, before before you sign off, I, I just want to ask you what you think of the uh, – this is a non-football kind of question. What do you think of the Baker Mayfield – what do you think of his commercials? Because I love them. I absolutely yeah, love them. It's cool, man. It's cool anytime you get to see his personality a little bit and, and that sort of stuff. So I think that's what everybody wants to, to see of him. Um. I enjoy them. I've seen them all 8 billion times, just like everyone else. If, if you stream your games, you, you see that commercial so many times. But it's cool. Happy for him. He's out there, you know, being in commercials, right? It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, Miguel, uh, stick with us after the song and after we go off air just real quick. And we can wrap things up. But thank you, man. It was a pleasure to oh, have you. Absolutely. We were supposed to get this done last year. A bunch of BS came up. So we're glad to have you now. And, and it was perfect timing. And uh, you are definitely have an open invite anytime you want to come on this and just talk about whatever. We don't have to cover your job each time. If you just want to shoot the shit and talk some football, you're more than welcome. I know we're a Bears podcast, but you're more than welcome, man. Yep. Our door is always open to you. Much. Thanks a lot, guys. Pleasure is mine. All right, and remember, All right. it's always a good time when you bear down.